0: So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is for your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all of the saints In the name of Jesus, amen. I wasn't the best student in high school biology. You see, while I have no problem cleaning a pheasant or cleaning a fish, I do get queasy with the human body, maybe like you. And so with my fairly limited knowledge of the human body, I've always understood the three main parts of the body to be the head, the heart and the stomach. Of the main part of the body the head the heart and the stomach perhaps like you i've seen these three parts as our different zones of our body with different functions for example the head is where we do all of our thinking all of our thinking this is the rational part of our body where we do our reasoning is where we store knowledge enact our will and make determinations for the tasks set before us it's where the intellect is found Moving downward on the human body, we get to that area called the heart. This is the part of our body where our emotions and affection come from, our passions, our appreciation, our love, our care, our feelings. They come from our heart. We think with our head, and we feel with our heart. And last but not least, we have our stomach, our kidney, our liver, our intestines, and so forth. This is the part of our body where we get nauseous with the flu, or we get sick from eating too many tacos. This is the part of the body that we associate with, well, hunger, and as well as the bathroom, and being sick. And so simply stated, we have the head, where we think, the heart, where we feel, and the stomach, well, let's just say this, where we get sick. I'm assuming that you view things the same way. And so, to the point, Why well, I mention this, to the point, When the Apostle Paul prays from prison that Jesus would dwell in the hearts of the Christians of Ephesus, in that city of Ephesus, is he praying that Jesus would be with their feelings? Indeed, is he praying that Jesus would be in their hearts, in their feelings, or with their feelings? Now keep in mind that our reading from the epistle of Ephesians comes from the Apostle Paul during his first imprisonment. And so, are we to understand that from that place of prison, house arrest, Paul is praying that Jesus would dwell in the feelings of the Ephesians? Indeed, that Jesus would come and dwell among the feelings of the Christians in Ephesus? Listen to what Paul said again in a loose paraphrase. I pray that Christ may be more and more at home in your hearts. I pray that Christ may be more home and home in your hearts more and more at home in your hearts. In other words, is Paul wishing the Ephesian Christians positive Christian vibes? You know what I'm talking about. Today, in our day and age, people often say, and you'll often hear people saying, that they're sending positive vibes. Sending you positive vibes when you are down in the dumps. And so, is this what Paul is doing? But instead of wishing a positive vibe, that he's sending a nice positive Jesus to meet perhaps a positive feeling heart or maybe a downcast heart. Positive Jesus being sent your way into your feelings. Now tragically, much of American Christianity will view the Christian faith just like this. They view it as a little more than just a coffee mug slogan meant to give you encouragement in the emotional heart. It's important though to keep in mind though, that in the Old Testament, now I want you to listen very carefully, in the Old Testament, there's no word for brain. In the Hebrew language, there's no reference to the brain. In fact, in the Old Testament, when the emotions and the feelings are talked about, they're not considered, like us, they're not considered to be in the heart where we locate emotions and feelings. Yes, hear that correctly? When the emotions and feelings are talked about in the Old Testament, according to the Old Testament Hebrew, Emotions and feelings are not ascribed to the heart, but they're actually ascribed to the stomach, to the kidneys, the liver, and the intestines. In other words, the Hebrews looked to the stomach as the seat of the person's deepest emotions, not the heart. With that in mind, perhaps we have a niche here at St. Paul's. Perhaps we could develop a brand new business here at St. Paul's, making Valentine's cards according to a Hebrew-Jewish perspective. This February, perhaps just to be a little bit comical, we could have a picture of two kidneys with an arrow going through it with a font that says, I love you with both of my kidneys, or perhaps, I love you with all of my intestines. You get the point. But this brings up an interesting point. If the Hebrews identified the kidneys, the liver, the intestines, as the seat of emotions, how did they understand the heart? How do they understand the heart? Well, unlike our culture today, the ancient Hebrews saw the human heart not as the seat of emotions and feelings, but they saw the heart, yes, they saw the heart as the seat of understanding, the place of knowledge, determination, thinking, and the will. For the ancient Hebrews, a person's mind was not in the brain, but it was in the heart. Please hear that again. For the ancient Hebrews, a person's mind was not in the brain, but it was in the heart. So, putting this all together, with this in perspective, consider our epistle reading one more time from Ephesians again. Paul is praying for the Christians in Ephesus that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith. And since Paul came from the tribe of Benjamin and was a Hebrew of Hebrews, we know that he's not wishing Christians a touchy-feely Jesus to stir up their touchy-feely emotions. He's not sending a positive vibe to their emotional hearts. Instead, Paul's bold prayer is that the Ephesian Christians would lay hold of and know the depths and the width of Christ's sacrificial love, that they would understand the high privilege of being people forgiven by Christ, that they would appreciate the depths of Christ's love. His prayer is that they would recognize the rich love of Christ who left the heavens, was born and became a man of sorrow, was persecuted and put to death in the most shameful manner all for them, that they would know that, know that in the mind of their heart, to be stirred and to know that truth. I've said it before, but I will say it again. As Christians, the goal is not for you and me to make Jesus a bigger part of our lives. Jesus' word and his gifts do not somehow occupy a small segment of our lives. It isn't as if we have our jobs in this box over here, our families over in this box over here, and the church over in this box over here, and it isn't as if Jesus needs to fill up and occupy that church box just a little bit more. In other words, what the Apostle Paul is saying to you and me, as Christians here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, is not to take Jesus and fit him into our neat little churchly box or take a warm-filling Christian sentiment and sprinkle it on our feelings, the feelings of our heart. Well, no, this is not Christianity. Instead, dear friends, your whole life, your whole life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around in life, your whole life belongs to God. Furthermore, your habits, yes, your habits, your behavior, your feelings, your thoughts, your entire way of conducting yourself are not shaped and they're not formed by a perishing and falling world. You do not belong to yourself. How can you? You were crucified into Christ. You do not belong to the world as well. How can you? You were not, well, you are not a part of darkness. You were actually snatched from the world and given truth in Christ. And so, how can you belong to the world? So, and so, let us not assume that we are here at St. Paul's to hear a bunch of religious slogans or touchy-feely coffee mug sayings. Let us not assume that we are here at St. Paul's to get a small-minded list of rules and principles to make our lives a little bit more manageable. Let us not assume that we are here at St. Paul's for the sake of upholding tradition or denominational aspirations. Let us not assume that we are here at St. Paul's to somehow protest our culture. No, we are not here for any of this at all. Instead, we are here at this church at this time to be reminded of a Savior who redeemed us not with gold or silver but with his precious blood to make us his own. We are here in this church to receive continually from the Savior, this Savior, so that we might be strengthened in faith, refined in our thinking, and granted continual assurance that as bad as it might get in this life, that we belong to him and he to us. We are here because of our mind and body and heart and soul rest in Christ, not our understanding. Baptized saints, listen up. You no longer live by your own knowledge, your own feelings, your own understanding, but you live by faith in Jesus Christ who loves you and gave himself to you. Furthermore, you do not live according to the world, for in your baptisms you were snatched from darkness and placed in the marvelous light to walk in truth. And so because of this, Paul's prayer is that we Christians would be completely and totally captivated by Christ and his gospel, not just in our Tiny little feelings, and not just in our intellect as well, but in our whole being, the whole person. Indeed, Paul's prayer is that you and I be strengthened with our feet planted firmly in the gospel, with our emotions governed by the truth of God's word, and our minds wrapped around Christ and his gifts. Again, the reason is you and I belong to Christ, you are a Christian. We are Christians who have the generosity of Jesus. We're Christians who have the sheer gift of the forgiveness of sins bestowed and given to us as a sheer gift. May the God of all grace, through Jesus Christ, his Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit, strengthen you, strengthen you baptized saints in mind, body, and soul, as you continue to abide in the Lord's sacrificial love that is for you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word speaks us righteous, right with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org, or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The Lord bless and keep you. And keep you.